Hey everybody, this is Tony and I'm here today with a special guest, none other than the woman herself, Ms. Drea Kelly. How you doing today? I am well. How are you, love? I'm blessed and highly favored. I have nothing to complain about. I know that's right. I know that's right. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm doing good. I'm doing even better now that I have you. Aww, <laughs> thank you. No problem. No problem. Of course, uh, a lot has been going on within the past year, you know, with this virus and everything. So how have you been doing and uh, coping with that? Actually, I contracted the virus. So I was down for about two months. Uh, wow. This COVID-19, this old coronavirus, Rona, she ain't nothing nice. <laughs> it is real. And it, what the funny thing, I was doing all the precautions, making sure I'm staying in, you know, washing your hands, wearing the mask, right. going out to get the essentials, gas, groceries, what have you, and still, you know, um, but the pandemic itself and being at home and being in entertainment it you know when our industry shut down you had to reinvent you had everybody yes. you had to pivot and figure out oh okay what do i do this thing called life as an entertainer when there's no more filming when studios are shut down production has come to an end so now you like okay this digital age i have to make it work for me but we kind of saw it come in when you had things like netflix and hulu and groups and interactive so you just had to figure that thing out, but it was really a blessing. It really was because it allowed you to spend all, not only time by yourself, time with God, separate from people that you did not need in your life, right. the excess, the things we were spending money on, going to eat and Starbucks and shopping, all of those things to bring fulfillment and happiness during this pandemic, you had to find that within yourself. You mm -hmm. had to be your own best friend, as Miss Beyonce was saying. <laughs> it was me, myself, and I for real. It was really a good thing. So I hope that that's what people took out of it because that's what I took out of it. And I learned a lot about myself, things that you attract in your life, things that you can detract out of your life. Um, it was a beautiful thing for me. It also taught me about relationships and relationships like mathematics, honey. Some people come in to add, some people come to subtract in your life, some people come to divide, and some people right. come to multiply to make you better. And you need to figure out who that is and if you are that person in somebody else's life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, you need to just go ahead and be a motivational speaker at this point because you, you listen, I don't know where you get this stuff from, but you just... I, I listened to your uh, interview with Diamond that you did on her 32 Flavors podcast. Yeah, And I, I listen, I love that. Um, just to be able to be real, you know what I'm saying? And, and not only that, but to be able to talk about some real stuff and be able to give some real advice that people can take. I, that's what I, I get from you, you know, regardless of, you know, the negative stuff, you really do uh, provide a platform and a place for people to, you know, tell their stories, but not only that, for you to share yours and give them actual advice that they can use in their life. So, you know, I, I think that's something that's very rare right now, um, but it is needed, you know? So I think you need to just uh, uh, get out here and get on a, a, some kind of tour or something because, you know, this, this motivational speaker, I believe is your calling. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. That's what I have been doing before COVID for almost two years straight. That's all I did internationally and nationally travel and speak at universities, uh, private 
protectors brought me out. So that's what I have been doing. And it's funny you say that because I, I don't really look at myself as a motivational speaker right. as much as I see myself as a transformational speaker. Mm. Because I think to motivate somebody that has to come from within. Because no matter right. how much I sit down and talk to you, it has to be in you. But I think sometimes we need somebody to kind of help us transform and figure that thing out and, and decode, okay, what is this and why do I do this and why does this happen? Mm-hmm, I also mm-hmm. think it, it is my calling. Um, the irony of my life is my grandfather was a Baptist preacher, but he was also the first man that I ever saw abuse a woman. So mm-hmm. God, love and pain were all one for me at a very young age, but it is just something that I'm very comfortable. I think because I believe in being transparent and just in the story it is what it is there's no other way to tell it there can't be the fake there can't be the fluff I created a mantra for myself that says I have cracks but I'm not broken it's your cracks that people are attracted to because of our cracks the light of God shines through it's those things that you share with people that they go oh I'm not by myself or I can relate or I understand and being real with it like everybody thinks that the celebrity world is all red carpet but baby a lot of people want to be on the red carpet, but they don't want what's under the red carpet. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. a whole nother life. So I want women, young women, girls, really anybody who thinks anything from my life to look at my life and say, you know what? Drea went through the storm, but the storm isn't what matters. It's how she came out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Of course, um, now, you know, since the, the pandemic has started, uh, and people have been going through, you know, a lot of people have started talking about mental health, uh, something that we should have been talking about a long time ago, much more. Um, but how do you keep your mental health uh, intact? And, and what do you do to stay sane, uh, not only during times like these, but in, in life period? Having mental balance. Sometimes people think that mental health is you put up this air that everything is okay. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am, Pam, when I tell you I have <laughs> good old funeral open casket my grandmama died cry sometimes that's a part of the healing I think that we should take the word healed out of our vocabulary unless we are speaking of a scar or an injury when it comes to mental health we're ever evolving ever changing so that means we will be continually healing the day that we die I often tell people that life is like when you go to the hospital and you're in pain and you get in there and the nurse is like, let me just give you something to get you comfortable. And then we'll have the doctor come in and talk to you, even though the pain dissipated and you're, the pain isn't as intense as before she gave you the pain medicine, the source of the pain never went away. Right. So right. that's how life is. The intensity of the pain will dissipate as we heal, but the source of the pain will never go away. And I think that we need to make people okay with that and quit teaching people, oh, you should be over there by now. That happened when you were seeing, or like people try to tell me, well, girl, that was 50 years ago you divorced him. Mm-hmm. The source of my pain will never go away, but the intensity will as long as I'm doing the work. That's your healing medicine. That's your pain, your pain medicine. That's the right. work that you're doing. Crying when you need to. Like my kids, I have a saying in my house, you can lay down, but you can't stay down. Hmm. Everybody needs that moment where, you know what? It's not okay. And that's okay. And that's how I keep a balance with my mental health. Having people in my life that I can see it's not okay today. And their response is, that's okay too. In my house, we're not allowed to disregard our pain. A lot of people are, you know, well, you got to go on. If something wrong, you just say, I'm okay. I don't teach that to my children. We don't live that way in my house. If something's going on and it's not a good day, our saying in our house is I'm not okay, but I will be. Right. Right. Whatever you feel in that moment. And 
again, being just being transparent, like every day is not a good day. But the flip side of that coin is every day is not a bad day either. And taking the stigma out of going to therapy. I feel like God has a team. Is God, Jesus, and the therapist is his hype man. (laughs) That's right. what we're doing. That's right. The therapist is his hype man or his hype woman. It's okay. (laughs) Like one, two, one, two, what we're going to do. Come on now. We need to get away from that, especially in our community of thinking, oh, you just take it to your prayer closet or you leave it on the altar. You can take mm-hmm. it to your prayer closet, leave it to your altar and go hit your therapist for 150 an hour. Yes, I believe in that. Right. You know that that is an option and it's not a stigma, it's a very healthy thing. And also boundaries. Mental health is about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. it's your mother, your father, your husband doesn't mean they have a right to violate you. I teach women when you take a vow, you say to death do us part, not you get to be the death of me. That's and right. Sometimes the death of me is a mental death every day, emotional, the verbal, the physical. At some point, you have a right to say, no, you don't get to walk in my life. And I keep it 100, 100 probably more than 100% real with people, <laughs> not today yeah done that's it 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 needs no other explanation not today it's not a good day yeah that's absolutely true and I think a lot of people I I always tell people um a lot of times when you have an issue or whatever the case may be you know what I'm saying uh whatever it might be it can be something simple it can be something big but I always tell people why are you focusing on the problem as opposed to focusing on the solution? Because you talking about the problem all the time tells me that you almost want to be stuck on this sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But when you start saying, you know what, I fell down, but I'm looking for a way to get back up. You know, that's what tells me what kind of person you are right there, because you're like, I'm not trying to stay in this. I'm trying to move forward, but I, I, I might not have all the tools. I might not know how to, but I know that I need to get to this place. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just stay right here. But those people who just say, you know what? I fell, but it's no use of getting up. You know, I might as well just stay right here because that kind of thing, I'm just like, okay. Because you, you can't want someone else's healing for them more than they do. Right. You can't want somebody's dream to come true for them more than they do. At the end of that, you're hitting your head on a brick wall literally and some people they don't know the art of self-responsibility and being self-respected and 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 being like you know what some of this is me like yeah I grew (laughs) up and it was hard but some of this is me some of this is what I choose and some of us get rewarded for helplessness and that's the role that we choose because we feel like if I pretend to be helpless then people will help me I get the love and attention that I'm seeking mm-hmm. when really the love and attention that I'm seeking I have to go inward to find and then you just have some people like we got to be real and I believe in motivation you know and speaking and transformational speaking but at the end of the day some people just don't give a damn they don't care they're all right oh. but where they are complacency is their best friend and those are the people we have to say I've done all I can do if you don't want to do better for yourself there's nothing I can do for you yeah like what do you want me to do if you just a matter of fact you can give them a solution and it's like yeah but solution it will be a problem for the solution most definitely that and some people are just wired that way but once you've done all that you can do I, I think that it's time to walk away when you start to feel depleted, when you start feeling like I'm not giving all that I can when you have this. Just like mm-hmm. I said, they just have a problem for every solution. And you don't need that type of energy in your life right? at all. 
and and you have that right and i don't understand why people feel like well that's your mama no you're not supposed to just because it's your blood it's your family it's your kids no you're not like i teach that to my children you have to live your best life and i have to live mine because at the end of the day when i die when they put me in the casket they're not gonna tell all three of my kids now y'all jump in y'all going to glory Mm -hmm. no Rhea's going to glory y'all have to sit here and live your life we have to live our lives like that every single day this is mine and what am I going to do with it and not only that I have to protect it and choose who I share it with because you can always get out and make more money but I will never make more time so that is precious and invaluable so I have to decide who gets it from blood or non-related friends job and even yourself Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and be like, girl, I'm sick of you to death. <laughs> That's right. I need you to get it together today. That's Man, right. You wear me out. Yes. But people don't want to take that responsibility because it's easier to say it's everybody else's the environment. It's my parents. It's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But That's guess what? True. You can always, you know, find a different way or you can always learn a different way because guess what? You never stop learning until you die. So you can always do something different. I tell people that all the time, you can do something different. I don't have to be what I saw. I don't have to be what I was taught. Uh, It's just like those people who are racist. Like, yeah, they they were taught that growing up, but you don't have to be that. You know what I'm saying? Conversations can be had and you can say, hey, what's the issue here? You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to be what you were taught or what you seen. Like, because I seen my mother be a drunk, I don't have to be a drunk. Like, in fact, for me, it makes me do the opposite, but everybody is not like that. So yeah, it, it is it, who it, what it is, you know what I'm saying? But everybody is different, uh, of course. And uh, speaking of uh, those kinds of things, you also have a platform uh, for domestic violence that you talk about, obviously. Um, so for you, uh, how do you maneuver telling your story and also dealing with people who uh, give you backlash in telling your story? So how do you deal with wanting to help women and have women come at you at the same time uh, when you know, you know, what your story is? Well, in the beginning, it was difficult. Like I say, I'm 100. I'm not even gonna lie. Like when I first came out and told my story, I thought it was gonna be kumbaya and all women, we were gonna come together and conquer the world. And the news flash, no ma'am, Pam, it was not <laughs> like that. I did not have my cheering team that I thought I was going to have. Right. But I will say 99.9% is positive. And okay. you do have some negative people out there. I just had to take my ego out of it and my feelings were getting hurt. But when I really took the position that I'm a vessel and I'm here to do God's work, and I have to share my story. I survived for a reason and that my life is bigger than me. It gave me the strength and the courage to keep going in the face of adversity, in the face of people's opinions. And the odd thing about it was most of the people that had the most negative things to say, you've never met me, never right. had a conversation with me. Right. You've re- you never lived a day in my house. So it's just amazing <laughs> to me how so many people have so much to say about a home you never lived in, a marriage you would never end, and kids you never delivered. But honey, I can hotline. Uh, I guess Cleo's work is still going on because y'all know so much. I really like. I really had to find the funny part and the humor in it that people really just ignorantly will speak on a subject that they have no clue no about. They don't educate themselves on domestic violence and the cycles of domestic domestic violence mm-hmm. and how it occurs. They have no idea 
the the strength that it even takes to even walk away from a situation like that and the mental strain that you go through and depletion of your self-esteem and physically how difficult it is from you know, going through the beatings and just physically trying to heal from that, mentally yeah. trying to heal the financial parts of it. People say, well, why don't you just leave? Where am I going with absolutely no money? He has control of all of the finances. Nine times out of 10 when women do that, they end up back with the abuser because either you end up in a shelter living in your car, then the abuser mm -hmm. takes you to court and says, you're an unfit mother. You took my kids out of a home. Now they're living in a car. So people don't understand. It's a domino effect to that. Oh, yeah. Once I realized that it's about me educating and helping women and giving them a voice and being a power for the powerless. I was like, y'all bring it on. But here's one thing y'all need to know. Y'all didn't read the fine print. Sometimes in life, we choose our path. And sometimes in life, your path is chosen. Yeah. Mine was chosen by God. So you playing with God's work. You're not coming after Drea. You're not attacking Drea. Mm -hmm. You're attacking God's work. So you might be a little careful in what you're doing because this is about saving lives. And I thought it was just really odd that people find it entertaining to victim shame and victim blame and they don't even realize they're using the same tactics as the abuser. Exactly. The shame, exactly. blame, and the guilt. So yeah. I'm like, it's very ironic that people want to judge me and come against me, but then you're using the same tactics as an abuser. Mm -hmm. And most people don't get it. Why? Because like I said, they haven't even educated themselves on the topic of domestic violence. So they're speaking ignorantly. But I choose, I say that people ought to be ignorant too. You don't want yeah. to. You just want to go on here with your Twitter thumbs, you, you, you <laughs> dang, dang thumbs, and you just want to have something to say and show your girlfriends where you added somebody and said something. But nine times out of 10, the very ones that speak so viciously and spit so much venom at me, they're in abusive relationships and don't even realize it. They think that yeah. ghetto love, that fighting, that arguing, oh, he only snatched me, he pushed me one time, or I remember that one time we was fighting at a barbecue. They think that that's normal. So they look at me, they can't even fathom, you're already in it. And they don't mm -hmm, even know mm -hmm. that the mental, emotional, sexual, financial is already the precursor to the physical abuse that you get into and they don't even realize it, which is even more sad. So I know that I have so much work to do. Yes. I'm okay with it. And if it was for one person, like I tell you, if it was for one person, I did my job. And right, it's not right. about you. It's about the ones that I say that mother who will never end up like me on a balcony willing to jump off of it and leave her three babies behind. So when people realize that this is bigger than Drea, this is about saving lives, hopefully they get it. But again, like we said, some never will. Exactly. Some never will. Exactly. And they will stay in them toxic relationships and judge from afar and will have a generation of people growing up in toxic, abusive relationships. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you also have a uh, foundation uh, for domestic violence as well. Is that correct? Yes, the 12th Round Foundation. So I named it the 12th Round Foundation because if anybody knows anything about boxing, that 12th round, <laughs> that's, that's that title round, honey. That's, and I say, like, it's the fight of your life. You're yes. fighting for your life. And my grandmother, unfortunately, the one that was married to my grandfather, she passed away and I felt like she never got her voice. She never got to live her life as a survivor. And my other grandmother, my mother, my maternal grandmother, she mm -hmm. went through a lot of domestic violence herself. So I was like, you know what? I am that the one that's going to break that generational curse that I don't want my children to grow up thinking that this is commonplace and normal and I right. have to make that change. So I started the foundation because we celebrate the women who made it out. 
we commemorate the women that we lost and mm-hmm. we educate the community, women, men, because it happens to men too. And we have oh, to yeah. be very, very clear. Guess what? A cast iron skillet will crack the skull of a woman, just like a man. A knife will pierce the side of a woman, just like it will a man. Mm-hmm. A bullet can go through the head of a woman, just like it can a man. And sometimes it's even harder for men because how do you go to a police station and the first thing they say, that little woman, you couldn't control her. You mean to tell me you let her do that to you? Mm-hmm. So their manhood is challenged and they don't even realize that men can be abused verbally, emotionally, sexually, financially, physically, just like a woman. So that's why I started the 12th Round Foundation because I felt like it needed to be a safe place and an organization where people felt comfortable, could tell their stories and felt like they had a community where they're supported. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the uh, website for people who might want to visit? So you can go to driakellyis.com and you will find some of my speaking engagements. I also do my dance fitness classes. I have my Hemi Rose jewelry and t-shirt apparel line. There's so much that you can go on there and see. You can click and see photos. You can also follow me on Instagram with the official Drea Kelly, D-R-E-A-K-E-L-L-Y. And it's just Drea Kelly on Twitter and Facebook. I'm also on Cameo. Okay. If somebody needs to go on Cameo and they want me to send <laughs> that good old email message of the day, you can do that too. And honey, after that, if you can't find a girl, you need to Google. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. I can't hold you though. Uh, I know you got to go, but you definitely got to come back. I want to talk some more to you about your, your dancing choreography and all that great stuff. So you definitely got to come back soon, please. Yes, I will. And thank you for having me love. I don't know when this airs, but if it airs before Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And if it does air after, happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. All right. And definitely happy Mother's Day to you. I definitely hope you enjoy. I know a lot of us will be watching the Escape SWV uh, versus and uh, hopefully you got something great planned or the kids got some great plan for you, hopefully. Well, so hopefully I'm doing absolutely nothing. That's what I want from <laughs> to say. Don't ask me nothing, don't tell me nothing, don't what nothing. That's what I want. There nothing you go. Else. There you go. <laughs> it's all good, anyways. But Drea, I love you. I thank you so very much. Uh thank you for just being open and honest and being yourself, because that's just you, I can tell. Um, like I said, and, and continue to shine, continue to be you, and, and I'll talk to you again soon, okay? I love you too. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye.